Welcome. This is To The Root with Basiglia, the podcast that explores holistic living, gardening tips, and plant care brought to you by Pasiglia, a premier plant nursery. Your host, Julie Strotman, is a horticulturist with over 40 years of experience in the industry, and she shares practical tips, inspiring ideas, and expert advice to help you create a healthy and sustainable lifestyle. Whether you're an experienced gardener or just starting your plant journey, To The Root with Pasiglia provides the tools you need to transform your living space into a green sanctuary. And now, your host, Julie Strotman. Hello, everyone. Welcome to To The Root. This is our first podcast. It is April in Missouri. Ready, set, grow. And my friend with me is Bo Matthews. Hello, Julie. It is good to see you again. You too, Bo. Uh, excited about this uh, this whole idea and this project of the podcast, but I'm excited because you're the right personality. Oh, thank you. For uh, <laughs> all the knowledge that you have in your noggin, and you do want to share it with the world. I do. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I get asked a million questions a day, and I love it. And this I is a great it. way that people can ask questions, and I love that because you can only, you know, at, at the at the location of Pasiglia, a customer comes in with a question, you got to answer that. This way, we can put it out to everybody, and they can all get that great information. That's right. And then they come back in, and they have a different question. And so maybe the next podcast, we cover a different topic. You might do that. So I get my ideas from my customers. Well, uh, let, let's talk about uh, this this whole world of Julie Straubman in the horticulture business. I heard this was not your first choice. Absolutely not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Never even thought about it. Explain. I remember going to my grandmother's in the summertime, and we would be there for like a week. And we always go during harvest season okay. in the summer. I hated shelling peas. Ooh. Hated it. My grandmother would sit us girls in the kitchen and we'd shell peas. I'd just sit there and cry, oh, cry, no. <laughs> cry. I said, I don't want to do this. Don't want to do this. And she says, I'll fix you. You come out to the garden with me. We'll work out there. Pulling weeds, oh, trimming. I remember those Hoeing days. the rows. <laughs> yeah. I said, I'm not going to complain about this to my grandmother. No. Because I don't know what my next job is going to be. <laughs> exactly. But in your world uh, of, of animal training years and years ago uh, was horses and dogs. Yes. Uh, training horses. I grew up with that. Also, my dad was a horse trainer. Grew up training horses, giving riding lessons, training dogs, giving lessons to the pet owners on how to handle that. Uh, you know, so the learning what animals do taught me to watch Mother Nature also. So animals can't talk back to you. They give you signs, of course. Mm -hmm. You're like, I didn't like that, so I'm going to try and kick you. Right. You know, that kind of thing. So learning those signs and reading them and understanding what the sign means has brought me into horticulture and has helped me so much in that too because that daisy out there can't tell you why it's dying but you've got to figure out the signs what the reason is right. for it dying but uh yeah that's been a process your husband was integral in you getting into this world too. yes, well, yes. why was it his fault well, because I fall in love with him, you <laughs> oh, know? Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We moved our ranch from Oklahoma up to Missouri one year, and the local feed store that we had to deal with was Strotman Feed. Well, that is my last name. I fell in love with 
the man running it at the time, oh. and he bought a, a second location and started um, uh, a feed store with the garden center there. It already sold bedding plants in the early spring. So he just added on to it. And I said, okay, well, I'm getting ready to retire out of the horse business, you know. Everybody's moving on in different directions. So I'll just go to school for a semester and learn horticulture. <laughs> a semester. A semester. Okay. Yeah, in school. And uh, then that winter, we built a greenhouse, added on to the business, made it a garden center and feed store. And it's been nonstop ever since. Well, I hope a lot of people find this podcast because as the weather is changing and warming up, we're getting into spring. Well, it's it's really here. Yes. Um, l- let's let's talk about what people should be doing, um, you know, and what you should be looking for uh, in your yard if you want to change it, if you want to landscape. Let's mm-hmm. go, let's go there. Yeah. Well, it is now spring, of course, and it is very exciting. And by now, you're starting to see all the new growth peeking out, blooms coming on. Uh, And it's time to start cleaning up, getting Mother Nature ready to do her job. And there's a lot of frustration in that because Mother Nature has a plan of her own. Yes, she does. And she has that plan for a reason. You know, she makes the the frost and the freeze and the warm-up season and the storms and the rain. She does all of this for a reason because she's cleaning her house. Right, right. And we get frustrated because we put things in her house that she didn't really want there. (laughs) (laughs) So we put the flowers out too early and Mother Nature says, ah, you know what? This is my house. You're going (laughs) to wait until I let you know it's time to put them out. Well said. So so we have to watch for those freezes. And that's the early spring problems. And then the rains and things like that. You put out tender perennials or tender annuals when it's a heavy rainstorm. It might beat them right down into the ground. She's not ready for it yet. So be patient or learn how to protect it so Mother Nature can do her job and you can get a head start. So that's kind of what all this getting, get ready, set, grow well, is about. What's interesting, too, is, you know, Missouri is far enough north that we have some snowbirds that go south. Arizona yes. or Florida, they see beautiful plants and they're like, I want that in my garden yes. in Missouri. <laughs> Sometimes that's not the best idea. It is not. And one of uh, one thing that I tell people is, especially at Christmas time, poinsettias are really great, you know. And in Florida, they grow them like trees yeah. down there. And so I go, you know, you just can't do that here. You've got to understand what Mother Nature does for your area. Right, right. You know, so and the vast amounts of different types of soils, different climates, different winds, dry, wet, humid, you know, it, it all makes a difference. So, you know, bougainvillea is not hardy here, but it'll grow in California, it'll grow in Florida, but... You can use it as an annual here. Right. And and if, if anybody's ever looked at the labels or the tags that are on these plants, it'll show zones, you know, and, and that kind of thing. So there's good information on the, on the oh, tag. Oh, right. Yeah. But absolutely. you still have to keep an eye on them. You still have to keep an eye on them. Because one of the things, too, is what's perennial in California, especially like Southern California, if they put perennial on the tag... You've got to make sure you look at the zone, too. Right, right. Because the zone, it's perennial for zone nine. 
we're zone 5B6A. So okay. <laughs> we get a little colder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and the tags get can get people mixed up, and they have a lot of questions. No matter how many tags you put on a plant, there's questions because the tag is made up for coast-to-coast, border-to-border. So we're right in the middle. So we got to condense that information from the tag down to our little dot of the universe. Well, what should uh, people be doing as far as cleaning up? Um, Okay, uh, so I left my leaves on the ground in the fall last year. Mm -hmm. So I've been doing some leaf blowing. If people have done that, should they get that off of their grass? Now it's time. Now, when it was on your grass during the winter, that is bad for the grass because the grass is what protects the ground itself. Oh, so okay. if you want a good stand of grass, you want to make sure you keep the leaves off the grass all winter. Now, in your flower beds, you can leave the leaves there, but you want to make sure you clean it out before the plants start to grow. Okay. Because you don't want that heat coming in and it kind of rots the crowns of your plants. Gotcha. And I, I will add in that I live in a rural setting. So, mm-hmm. so my leaves are on the ground. You know, and maybe they shouldn't have been through the winter, but I don't have an, uh, a what a landscape advisory board, HOA, looking right. at my, my yard. I mean, you know, people have those. And yeah. so if you're in a neighborhood, that's going to be a different situation. Yeah, I live on a hill out in the middle of nowhere. And so one day the Mother Nature blows all the leaves to the west. Oh. The next day she blows them all right back to the east. I know. So. And I do love when Mother Nature and I are working in concert. Oh, I know. My leaf, my my backpack leaf blower turns into be like a turbine, and everything's going. It's wonderful. Um, okay, so this time of the year, when it comes to existing plants that we have in our yard, and and we have to prune. How does anybody know the right things to prune? Well, call me. <laughs> no, listen to this podcast. <laughs> That's right. Well, the thing is, uh, spring, early spring, is a great time to do to divide your perennials, to transplant, to replant. Because what happens is the air is cool, the ground temperatures are cool, so Mother Nature gives it a chance to add more root before it has to feed all that top growth. Okay. So you get the root and everything settled when it's cool so that as the warmth comes on, the roots are deep enough to find the water and can feed all the top growth. Now, you said perennials. Are you talking about just flowers? I'm talking about about shrubs, trees, uh, Okay, okay, good. And you can plant any time of the year. It's just you have to pay more attention to what Mother Nature is doing so that you can mimic what you need to get the roots growing. How can someone find out what the right things to prune off of a plant are? Are they are they different color? They are. Uh, usually, like in your perennials, it'll all be brown and crispy. Okay. Most of the time, you just have to break it off or crumble it off. Okay. You can take a pair of scissors, pair of pruners, whatever, and trim it down. If they're green stems, green and fleshy, uh, or green and fleshy leaves, you want to leave that on as much as possible because that's how the plant is feeding. Right. Okay. Okay. So that part you want to leave on. And with your shrubs, like uh, your deciduous shrubs, that means uh, shrubs that lose their leaves in the winter, those you'll start seeing little dried ends and they snap off easily, that kind of stuff. You'll just, you kind of, by the look of them, it looks kind of green brown or gray brown, I'm sorry. And that's, it's dead. So just a light trimming there. Right, right. Now, if it's a lilac that blooms early spring or forsythia that blooms early spring, if you prune those in the spring, 
you just pruned all your blooms off. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> okay. See, this so is why we're listening to this right. podcast. We're that's listening right. to you, Julie. Yes, yes. That's so, awesome. And we'll get into, that'll kind of be my next one. We'll get into when you do your pruning on certain things. Okay. So getting a, the, your garden cleaned up right now, get the leaves out, get the stems out. If there's anything dead that you know for sure is dead, trim it out, remove it. And is this also the best time to weed if you if you didn't yes. clear it out in the fall? If you didn't clear it out or you didn't, you know, keep the weeds out all winter long, mm -hmm. you know, I always say Mother Nature vacuums her lawn. Okay. You know, so you want to, you vacuum your house how many times a week? Right, right. You know, so it's the same thing. You got to go out there with Mother Nature and vacuum the weeds out of your Shark Tank idea. <laughs> Roomba weed eater. There you go. Uh, weed puller. <laughs> Too funny. Okay. So uh, as, as we get through a little bit further into this conversation of Ready, Set, Grow, uh, when you when it comes to dividing and transplanting your plants, let's let's talk about that for the, the folks listening mm -hmm. because, you know, sometimes it's about timing, but it's also about knowing what to split. Yes. Yes. So there are things, um, daylilies for instance, are one that multiply very quickly. So daylilies, it's great to do that in the spring. And the best thing to do is if you have mulch or uh, soil up around the crown, pull that back a little bit first. And if you're doing this before the growth gets too tall, then you can kind of see a natural division in your crowns. Oh, okay, sure. And the crowns is the base of the plant. Okay. So as they grow and develop, they kind of create, they don't grow in a perfect circle. So they kind of lumpy. And if you dig the whole thing up, if you work it enough, you kind of pull them apart yourself. Right. But to make it easy on you, you just get a sharp spade and cut right, right through it. Through yep, it. Yep, yeah, yep. take the one half out, leave the other half there and... You're ready to go. It's part of the original design by the big guy. I Absolutely. mean, to, to make it easy for you to do that, you know, by hand and knowing mm -hmm. how to do that. Yeah. Um, one thing that I personally am challenged with is fertilizing at certain times. I've burnt whole yards before because I did it at the wrong time. Oh, yeah. Had to sod because, it, you know, the HOA was coming around again. <laughs> Landscape <laughs> Review Board. Um, put a lien on your house. Yeah. They, no, they, there's oh, horror stories. I know. I know. I've heard them. <laughs> so let's talk about fertilizing because this being the spring, people are itching to get out. Right. Get a nice warm day with the sun on you. Right. Vitamin like, D, you yes. know. Yeah. Right now. And the way fertilizers work, your nitrogen fertilizer, anything higher in nitrogen, nitrogen does not break down for plant use until your ground temperatures warm up to above 45 degrees. Oh, okay. So putting nitrogen down or too much nitrogen down too early in the spring it sits there and dissipates and doesn't do anything. And by the time your plants are warmed up and ready to grow, it's not there anymore. So then you have to add it again. Then your nitrogen starts building up and then now the ground starts getting too hot. So that's when you have a tendency to burn. Gotcha. Because you're applying it twice. Okay. And so, so it's a temperature thing. It's a temperature thing. It's not thing. really a, a calendar thing specifically. Because Correct. Because at the recording of this podcast, we're early March, and mm -hmm. it's going to be launching very soon. But at the time uh, that it hits the, the platform that people can hear. It'll be April. It will be. And typically Mother Nature in April is up and down. Her her nights are starting to get warmer. Yep. But And her daytimes are warm. So her nights are usually around that 40 to 50 degrees. 
So the the ground temperature warms up to that usually by about mid-April. Okay, good. So, you know, if you, in the wintertime, if you put down a phosphate and potash fertilizer, you know, something hot, you, the NPK in your fertilizer, the three numbers you see on every fertilizer bag. Right, the 10, 10, 10 or yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. That's nitrogen, phosphate, potash. Okay. So nitrogen for upgrowth, phosphate for root and stem, potash for bloom and fruit. Yeah, <laughs> you explain that. No, that's that's awesome. You yeah. are a natural teacher. Thank you, thank you. And, and by the way, <laughs> footnote: uh, inside of the Basiglia facility, you have a brand new classroom. Yes, that, uh, we want to refer people to the website to find out the schedule because it's really the table in there, custom made. Isn't that gorgeous? Beautiful. Isn't that gorgeous? Weighs nine million pounds. It does. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, back to the plants. Yes. Uh, another thing that people always have such a, a you know get butt hurt by is the bugs. Yes. Um, uh. Are there are there any good bugs there are a lot of good bugs oh lots of good bugs i'm a beekeeper so oh if you call a bee a bug i think that's a good bug i did not do that (laughs) yeah i did not do that um no but the bug you know like uh there are yeah there are good bugs there's a lot of pollinators that fly around and they'll bring pollen from one plant to another so you got all those we can go into naming all those but i don't know all the names to all the bugs at this moment, at this moment, they're in your brain somewhere. There. But 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 I'm sure you get the question all the time at the nursery. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, because some friends gave us uh, some pepper plants, beautiful pepper plants mm-hmm. last uh, August, I guess. Within a month or so, the leaves were being eaten up by this bug. Yeah. What, what's that? Well, in the early spring, there's uh, these are a few of the bugs that will attack in the early spring, and people are constantly coming in to find out what to do about them. One is aphids. Okay. Aphids collect on the top of the plants, and they just basically suck the juices out of your plant. Okay. Aphids are the easiest thing to get rid of. Take dish soap and a quart of water, so about one teaspoon, teaspoon and a half of dish soap, Dawn dish yep, soap. sure. Quart of water, spray your plant with it, let it dry on there, take the hose, spray them off. They're dead. Now, the one thing with aphids is, they blow in in front of every storm. So as the storms come out of the south in the spring, there's aphids in front of that. Have you ever stood out in the wind and you felt like, wow, there's something on my face? Yeah. It's aphids. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Swarms of them. Swarms of them. You can hardly see them, but boy, you can feel them on you, you know. Um, but that they that happens every spring right in front of the rains. My goodness. Yeah. Okay. And, and then you have the rose slugs are the next big thing. Your roses look beautiful. Oh my gosh, they started leafing already. Yeah. You know, this is March right now for us, but it the podcast, of course, in April. By now the roses have full leaves. You're gonna walk out one day. And all of a sudden, all your leaves look like lace. Right, right. Oh, and it is beautiful. It is beautiful, but... But it's not good for the roses. No, no. And that is rose slugs, which is a very little tiny green worm that's on the back of those leaves, and it can chew up the plant. Uh, There'll be thousands of them on one plant. And in one night, they can chew up the whole plant, and all you have left is the veins of the leaves. Well, rose people are are like uh, uh, show dog people. They're yes. very specific people. Mm-hmm. Uh, does the soap, dish soap, and water mixture work it, with that? It does help, but the best thing that I found, and I swear by this, is diatomaceous earth. 
which is a powder, real fine powder, and you just dust the plant with it, and it really just suffocates the insects oh, is what okay, it does. Okay. So your plant just gets its health back. It starts to grow again and comes full force. Okay, that brings uh, to mind another question. Um, when you are watering your plants any time of the year, do you mm-hmm. water it at the root or do you water the plant itself? If we had to water every plant by the root here at the nursery, we would never get done. Oh, so think so you, about it. That's Mother why Nature, the sprayers are doing what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, we hand water most everything. Okay. But uh, or we have a drip system. The thing is, at a nursery, things are in pots. You have to water more often sure. than what Mother Nature would needs to water. But if you think about how Mother Nature waters, Mother Nature doesn't water by root. She waters by rain. Oh, okay. So it comes down from the sky on top of the plant. The thing is, is knowing where the origin of the plant came from, like Arizona, maybe it's Arizona. Well, it doesn't get a lot of rain, so it doesn't get rain on the top very often. So knowing what you're watering tells you how often to water it. Okay, wonderful. Mm -hmm. Uh, Before we wrap this first podcast up, uh, let's talk about mulching in the springtime. Mm -hmm. Uh, How to do it, what to use. Do you like the colored versions? The colored versions are okay. If you've got a landscape, your front landscape, and say the only thing you have in there are shrubs and trees, you're not putting perennials, grasses, or whatever, do the color. It's great. It holds up. You know, it's wonderful. It looks, oh, it looks nice and fresh and beautiful. Uh, And it'll stay the color almost the full season. If you're doing perennial beds, I recommend you do compost. Okay. Instead of mulch, bark mulch, do a compost or a compost blend and do between your perennials, not over the top. Mulch is a killer of perennials. Perennials are hybridized weeds. Okay. You know, okay. So the weeds in nature, you know how mother nature mulches Mm -hmm. with the leaves from the trees and that kind of stuff. She has the storm blows it off at certain times of the year, blows it back at certain times of the year. So you treat your perennials like Mother Nature treats hers. Okay. So don't go over the top. That's only when you protect it from the heavy winters. Clear it off, mulch in between, pull it away from the crowns. You're good to go. It'll still look beautiful. It'll still look beautiful because as those plants grow nice and beautiful, they hide the ground in between. And then they don't have room for weeds. Okay. Uh, I don't know if this is really a popular product, but I do see it occasionally. The rubber mulch that they sell. The rubber mulch. Are you a fan? Not a fan. Not at all. Okay. Not a fan. You I know. mean, it's, it's tires, right? I mean, it's it, mostly tires. Yeah, it is. And the thing is, you still have to clean it. Debris right. gets in the rubber weeds mulch. Weeds still grow through it. Up. Weeds yeah. still grow up through it. You still have to replenish it. So why are we putting rubber mulch down? I like it. I like that answer. Okay. Well, uh, that, my dear, is a very first podcast of To the Root. Thank you. You uh, did it. Just, yeah, wonderful. Thank you. Now, I got to tell you, you got to look at our calendar of events because I do talks at least once a month, the last Sunday of every month. This is one we'll be doing uh, March 26th. Okay, so yeah, this podcast might date. not land until that. This podcast will land right after the talk. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So, oh, that's right. So, yeah, I guess that date doesn't really well, matter. Well, the calendar is important. Yeah, to the calendar is very important because it's the last Sunday of every month. 
check it out. Check it out on our website, Facebook, sign up for them. We have workshops, we have classes, we have all kinds of things happening and uh, the whole calendar of events and you can sign up for all of them. All right. Well, good job. You did a great job and you got a big podcasting career ahead of you. Thank you very much. Hey, everyone, join us next time for To The Root. We hope you enjoyed exploring the wonderful, vast world of gardening, plant care, and holistic living with us. You can find us on our website, pasiglia.com, or search for Pasiglia Landscape, Nursery, and Garden Center on social media. Please subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends to stay up to date on our episodes of To The Root with Pasiglia. The email address to submit your questions or comments is tothe-root at pasiglia.com. Until next time, keep exploring the roots of gardening and live in harmony with nature. Thank you for listening.